Howdy, y'all, and welcome back to the Playmakers Corner podcast. I am one of your hosts for today, Cody Stoffer. And I'm your other co-host, Simon Villanos, a.k.a. Coach V. And we are in the trenches here talking about interior offensive linemen. So we grouped guards and centers together alike. And this list is based on where they played the majority of their snaps, at least this past season and what we could see. You know, obviously the uh, line can blur a little bit at line and, you know, guys will play different parts of the line, which we'll talk about here. But, you know, we decided to focus on centers and guards in particular here for our IOL list. This is top five seniors of the 2023 class. And, you know, there were some pretty solid dudes here in the state this past year. And, you know, we watched through this. We've seen these guys live. We've watched through game film as well as their huddle highlights as well and have 10 categories to score them on. So these categories are versatility. How well can they play, especially for like, you know, guards? Do you think a guard could also play center, maybe like intellectually or positionally, or can they snap? And, you know, can these guards or centers also be kicked out to tackle in case of emergency? Are they serviceable? Would it be a nightmare? And, you know, how well can they switch between those positions here? I think it's even more important for guard, you know, can you be a right guard that can go left and still handle pulling in different directions across the formation and whatnot in those situations and maneuver it well? And, you know, do you have the smarts as well to be able to do those other things? Hand fighting, this is just a classic lineman evaluation here for, especially in this pass rush heavy era of football that we're in with the pass increase the pass rush increase has been more emphasized. So how well can you battle it out with your hands? Then we have pass pro in general. You know, how well are they able to hold their ground? Are they keeping their head on a swivel? Are they able to pick up, you know, delayed blitzes? And, you know, what does their technique look like? Do they do a good job holding their ground? Can they slide with defenders that are trying to make moves? How well do they combat all those things? Are they balanced? Pull blocking, you know, I slightly referenced this earlier, but, you know, can they not only pull across the formation for, you know, basic inside power plays, which is a pretty common thing for guards, but you also look at centers. What is their capability of being able to pull? Can these guys pull to the outside on toss plays and also identify the correct defender and block that defender as well? How well can they maneuver, you know, if there's a blitz that pushes one of their linemen backwards, can they get around that and still get their block? Can they still get to their place in time? Obviously you have, you know, stuff like trap pulls as well that we're taking a look at. Can they pull across formation within the same side? Things like that. Combo blocking, you know, obviously this is how well can they go from a double team to that next level? How many blocks can they string together? Do they identify the right guy to double? Do they stay on that guy for the correct amount of time before sliding or before their teammate slides? And I guess this is not only a test of, you know, identification as well as just how strong they are blocking and getting that first block taken care of before going and chaining it with another block. But on top of that, do they communicate very well to handle combo blocks effectively? Awareness. Now, this is obviously a bit more broad, but you know what's going on between those ears? What's going on between the helmet here? Are they able to identify in general blitzes, stunts, delayed blitzes? Are they, you know... Every lineman at some point, I would say, probably gets a little bit of jersey, but are they doing something goofy like grabbing a jersey on third and short that risks a penalty, or do they get their hands on players' backs, or are they a bit more aware of things like that and avoid it? Footwork, obviously, this is a very intense 
kind of, you know, evaluation here where, you know, not only it starts with their stance, I guess, is a good place to start. Is it too wide? Is it too narrow? How fast can they get out of their stance footwork wise? And then do they continuously drive their feet when they're blocking? Do they keep them chopping? How happy are their feet? How active are their feet? And then can they move their feet effectively? Can they keep a consistent base that doesn't get too narrow or too wide and makes them easy to beat? Agility, agility's agility, how well, especially do they move in space and get across the face of a defender and make sure that, you know, they get where they're supposed to be on time, especially because we don't have like an exclusive quote unquote speed category. Uh, you could kind of look at agility in that sense as well. Just how well do they move in space? Can they maneuver the field properly across multiple facets of blocking strength? Look, these are these are the big guys up front. These are, you know, as some of my uh, for, former coaches used to say, these are the big uglies. But that's, you know, endearingly here. And can they get nasty? Can they push, you know, a sled? Can they push another human being that is also, you know, heavier out of the way and get these pancakes and, you know, just how, how strong is one arm if they hold someone off, you know, if they're disadvantaged in maybe a technique facet, how much will their strength bridge that gap? And then size, look, we don't have size and frame on all of our things. We've started to add it a, quite a bit to a handful of things, but I think especially on the offensive line, there's just, you, you don't want to throw a 200 pound guard into a division one setting. They will get smoked. Okay, so, you know, that is important. And so that all added up will give us one final score. That's 10 categories scored on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 to 3 being needing improvement, 4 to 6 being average, 7 to 8 being above average to good, you know, uh, 2 to 3 star kind of looks, 8 to 9 is good to great, that's 3 to 4 star kind of looks, and 9 to 10 is very good to elite. This is a 4 or 5 star talent we are looking at. And so we add all these up out of 100, and then we take my score as well as Coach V's score. And then that produces our PMC grade, which is an average of the two scores here. We had, you know, some honorable mentions for sure from all over the state, north to south. And, you know, I think that uh, we've put together quite a list here of some very accomplished linemen. And, yeah, I'm just very excited to chat about these guys give them tips and pointers on how to improve and get better as well as celebrate the things that they did well and celebrate, you know, where their future could be heading. Coach V, what else do you have to add on before we talk about this very first guy here? I know I've kind of been rambling on explaining the background here. Yeah. So uh, definitely a lot of linemen we looked at here. Uh, a lot of these guys here happen to come from very good programs around the state. I might add, I'm just going to throw that out there, like programs who have consistently been contenders for the last couple years, and a lot of that is because of these guys. So just want to shout out those programs here. And uh, we are recording this or January 31st, 2023, so it's one day before signing day, which is tomorrow, uh, which is when we're going to know where a a lot of these, I'd probably say the majority of these guys are going to go and commit and sign. I know two of these guys have been committed for a minute now, uh, and you'll know who they are because we'll talk about it then. But some of these guys have not committed, plus, you know, I, I don't know what the offer situation is like with some of these dudes. Uh, 
as of right now and I'm sure that'll become more clear tomorrow and after that as well so I just want to put that out there you know it's January 31st 2023 when we are recording this uh so yeah but um no I don't really have anything else to add on here Cody uh, you could go ahead and talk about it, the fifth best interior offensive lineman here in the state of Colorado in this class yeah, that's a great point that uh, these are very decorated programs for all five of these dudes. And this very first one is not an exception here. That is Jackson Clancy out of Erie High School. You know, we're talking about the 2021 4A state runner-ups. And we're talking a 2022 4A semifinalist round appearance here and you know some of them some people even called the uh, broomfield erie game the actual championship you know as far as just a very competitive game there and you know that's that's just word on the street but anyways back to jackson clancy here out of erie this guy let, let's just go ahead and talk about the the numbers straight up here so versatility i have a 5.6 hand fighting i have a 7.9 pass pro i have 8.9 Pole blocking, 8.2. Combo blocking, 8.6. Awareness, 7.1. Footwork, 7.7. Agility, 6.6. Strength, 7.8. Size, 8.2. For an overall score of 76.6 here. This 6'3", 265 pound guard out of Erie High School does some things very well. And, you know, upon, you know, further assessment, this is probably one of the guys that I've watched the most on this list especially live you know as far as getting to watch the erie broomfield regular season game this year the erie ponderosa playoff game this year wow they played a lot of the same teams twice um but uh getting to watch those two games live as well as watching the state championship last year you know if and when rotating in and you know getting some snaps in his junior year as well he has contributed to this tiger squad and then you know watching streams of their games uh, against the likes of last year in Palmer Ridge and, you know, this year watching, you know, streams and highlights of the Air Academy game and whatnot for our playoff coverage. I've seen quite a bit of Jackson Clancy here. And then the Ponderosa game in the playoffs, I have watched both watched in person and rewatched the film of as well. And I think that, you know, there's some very decent takeaways here. Look, his pass pro is his strongest category for me here at an 8.9. He's knocking on that four-star door. And I think that the thing that serves him best, the best trait, is his patience in the pass game. He doesn't get too jittery looking for somebody to block. He'll help out his teammates if they need it. I think he does a good job of helping out the teammates that do need it. And I think that, you know, he's just a very steady, consistent pass blocker. He, you know, controls the defender's center line very, very well and just maneuvers them. And, you know, I think that his footwork is probably most active in the pass game. I think that his footwork stays choppy. I think it stays pretty consistent. And I think his base stays pretty solid as well. So I think that, you know, his pass pro, especially, you know, for a quarterback, for a team with a quarterback that extends plays so much, I think that he did a good job of, you know, protecting for very long periods of time and maneuvering around the field and keeping up or trying to keep up with this quarterback that was so good at buying a ton of time here. But talking about some other things that he does well, combo blocking, I have rated at his second highest, 8.6. I think that he does a very good job of sliding off of whoever he's double teaming and going to the next level. 
at the correct or the appropriate time. But I think that, you know, his ability to double team, no matter who it was with, whether it was the center or the left or right tackles, I think that he did a fantastic job. Or if he pulled, you know, occasionally getting a double team with a tight end or with the other guard or whatnot, depending on the situation or the design, I think that he does a good job of, you know, if he's double teaming someone, they're probably going to end up on the ground. That is a pretty consistent result regardless of size or skill of the opposing player so i think that he just does a good job of knowing where his hands have to be on a combo and being able to finish those blocks in the set of a combo here then you know two categories here are tied at an 8.2 that's his pull blocking and his size i mean you know he is probably a little bit too light uh but i do like his height at 6'3 and i i think that he does manipulate things very well um, but you know, talking about his pull blocking, he's a guard. That's what he does. He mainly pull blocks for interior run designs. There are a couple instances of him pulling outside on, you know, sweeps, tosses or stretches. Um, and I, I think that he does a solid enough job there, but I definitely like him a lot more on the inside with those very quick pull blocks where, you know, it's like a power play. And I think that he just gets across very quickly. His first step in that pull block, I think, is very fast and efficient. And, you know, he pops out of his stance very, very well. So now as far as some things, you know, hand fighting, I think that's also up there. I have that at a 7.9. So I think that, you know, his hand fighting is solid. I think that, you know, he does just enough to to hand fight with some of these groups on 4A. There are times where, you know, I, I think that another bonus and coach v and i were talking about this before the show is he does have like probably a little bit longer of a reach than his height might imply so i think that he uses that to his advantage very well uh when it comes to hand fighting now talking about some things that aren't necessarily weaknesses but things that he could maybe focus on as you know he he goes to the next level i think that his footwork and his strength seven seven and seven eight those are both you know graded at two star quality I think that there's room to grow with both of these, but you know, there are plays where he does hold his ground very well or even get a push on somebody of equal or bigger size. So that did impress me strength wise for the most part. And then footwork here, this was highly benefited by his pass pro footwork that I think is a little bit more refined, whereas his run blocking footwork improvement wise, I think that, you know, his base gets way, way too narrow. And I think that makes him vulnerable against smarter defenders, especially linebackers. If he gets to the second level and his base ends up too narrow, I think that some linebackers would make him pay for that on the next level of football. So that's why it's at a 7-7 because I think that pass pro-wise, his footwork is solid. But I think in the run game, he has a lot to do here. Now, as far as things that I really think he could focus on here, and these are kind of tied together a little bit, is... His awareness is at a 7.1. Now, this did get some bonus points watching through the Ponderosa film a little bit here. I think that he does identify who he needs to block very, very well in the pass game. But I think his situational awareness and, you know, just his not like that sixth sense, if you would, both could use a lot of work. I think that, you know, there are times where he is definitely blocking someone in the back at a very bad time. And it's like, just, you need to get your hands off there. You can't be risking that. And yeah, I think that there's also guys that he, watching through his film, that he blocks into the play. 
like it's a design dive and he kind of pushes them toward you know he pushes them downfield and then he twists to the right and you know if he's at left guard he's pushing that right into a dive and you know that's also on the running back to be able to make that read but there's definitely times where he blocks guys into the play not a very good look awareness wise I think that, you know, he can also be a little late to see another defender when he is blocking downfield. And I, I put that more into the more into the awareness here. So and then sorry to bounce back to footwork just real quick here. There are also times in the run game where he's not chugging his feet. He's not pistoning his feet. And that I feel like that's definitely an easy fix, but it is something that he needs to work on is if your feet get flat, they're going to kill you on the next level if your feet get flat. So you got to keep them moving at all times, which he does in the pass game, not as much in the run game. So now talking about something else here, agility. Now I watched this film again and again and again, and agility is going to be an area of improvement for a few of these guys here naturally at, you know, 260 plus pounds for any of these guys. But I just think that speed-wise, he doesn't get to where he needs to be all the time. And or he takes bad angles or he just can't move, you know, as well laterally if he's forced into that position. I don't think that his hips are as loose as they need to be to kind of keep his head on a swivel, especially, you know, if he's downfield blocking or if he's pole blocking. I think that his agility holds him back significantly from those categories potentially being nines because you know assignment wise he does a really good job of doing those things but performance and technique wise and just speed of accomplishment wise i think that they need a lot of work here so and and especially beyond the first level i think his agility holds him back to being able to get some blocks that he doesn't necessarily get but and then last but not least is versatility. I have this graded out of 5.6. And I think that this is a direct reflection of his agility and his awareness. Look, I don't want to put a guy that doesn't always ID the right guy or, you know, it just it, an unaware guy is not a good center. That's kind of where I'm coming from. And then I think agility wise, he's just not athletic enough if I need to slide him out to tackle to feel great about it and so i think that's where this versatility score comes from and where it struggles most is just not having the you know mental aptitude or the athletic aptitude to be able to play most positions on the line i unfortunately think at this moment in time he's stuck at guard but you know i i think that he there's definitely room to grow mentally, athletically, and strength-wise, which is like, well, how does he get here? Well, he gets here by being a really good pass blocker, and passing is what matters, all right? And, you know, he technique and assignment-wise, he does his job when he's asked to do his job, right? He's consistently doing well at combo blockings. He can pull and get to his guy in that sense there due to a nice first step. And in pass pro, he never bites off more than he can chew. He doesn't get too aggressive in the pass game and, you know, doesn't commit like silly penalties as much in the pass game um, as he does or will in the run game here. So, you know, just just watching it. And yeah, I, I think that he could just be a little bit more 
uh, just stronger and faster is my biggest notes for Jackson Clancy here. Now, Coach V, we, we kind of went back and forth on this uh, between the shows. So this is probably the most different grading of a prospect that we have. But I'll say that once a year, you and I, uh, at least through this series, I should say, we see pretty different on a prospect. But at the end of the day, I mean, Jackson Clancy is still on this top five list for a reason, right? Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, let me just talk about my grades, and then we'll talk about that here in a little bit. But uh, at versatility, gave him an 8.3. Hand fighting, 8.8. .8, pass protection, 8.7. Pull blocking, 8.3. Combo blocking is an 8.1. Awareness, I gave him an 8.9 there. One of his higher grades. Footwork, 9. Agility, 8.4. Strength, 8.3. Size, 7.7. .7, uh, for a grade of 84.5. Out of the top five here, he was actually my fourth best uh, interior lineman. Just barely. Almost almost uh, tying with the third best here. And we'll, I mean, you'll just keep listening to the episode and you'll see what I mean here. But, I mean, let me talk about his highest grades here. Nine for footwork. Uh, I think, I mean, he doesn't have clunky feet at all. He moves well, especially in pass pro. Really like that. Uh, hand fighting gave him an 8.8. Uh, when I grade hand fighting, I'm kind of looking at leverage too. Like, does he get, does he get good leverage? in pass pro but specifically a lot of it uh is in the run game as well like can he manhandle a dude uh get his hands on somebody and really control them from that aspect i think that's different from strength uh being able to just get leverage consistently and do that i think honestly that kind of disguises uh, some strength issues, if any, sometimes. And so I try to differentiate that. And then awareness, I actually gave him an 8.9. Uh, look, here's kind of where I'm coming from. In pass pro, I mean, he's not easily fooled. Like, if you run a stunt or a blitz, like, he's not somebody that's just not going to know, oh, shoot, this guy's cup, you know, like, he knows uh, how many players they're bringing, who he needs to block, uh, who he needs to strategically block to go ahead and pick up the blitz. He does a really good job at that, you know, for, honestly, a lot of his career, he's provided Blake Barnett with a pretty clean pocket. You know, and he's went up against some pretty good D tackles, defensive linemen on this 4A level too. And so I'm not super mad at that. When I'm looking at awareness, a lot of my grades come like, all right, uh, does he, like, can he play, can he recognize plays? You know, can he recognize what the defense is trying to do to him, where they're trying to put him in? So, uh, in my opinion, he does a really good job countering that. When you're run blocking and like you know it's it's pretty designed like you got to go block a dude you know to go ahead and spring uh running back loose open up a gap you know have a defense shift a certain way react a certain way you know it's pretty scripted for the most part now moving on to the next level you know obviously you can't block dudes in the back you gotta know when to let go and when not to hold and all that stuff i think that's pretty easily coached uh and that's why he doesn't have a nine with awareness he was a little sloppy in some of those aspects but not enough for me to be really down on him i think he understands what's going on to be honest with you now looking at his lowest grades gave him a 7.7 .7 for size 8.1 for combo blocking and i do want to mention his strength here at an 8.3 which feels a little generous to be honest with you uh look 
I think his strength is the source of most of his problems, uh, his issues here. Now at 6'3", 265, he's definitely on the lighter side. Uh, in my opinion, if you want to be a D1, like interior offensive lineman, I feel like 280, that, that's kind of got to be where you're at. You know, uh, once you graduate and whatnot and moving forward. And even then, on the D1 level, there's not a lot of interior offensive linemen that I feel like, you know, they like teams comfortably play at that 280-ish range. They want them to be on the heavier side because obviously you're going to lose weight and shed weight and all that stuff. And so playing weight-wise, you want, like, at the bare minimum, 280. But realistically, you got to be a little bit heavier than that. Uh, ideally, I would say the 290 to 300 range is pretty, pretty solid, I would say. And so for him to be here at 265, and this is like the listed weight we found at the end of his senior year, that is really, really light. Uh, there might have even been uh, some potential here for him to be playing at a little bit lower of a weight as well at 260. You know, probably not below that, I would say. But, you know, that does matter. And it does show on film here. I mean, when I'm watching him play, you know, he knows where he needs to go when he's blocking or not. He doesn't have uh, some obvious blunders and whatnot. Most of the things I'm looking at, it's like, all right, well, he does his job. I would love to see him do a little bit more. But obviously, you're working with what you got athletically. And athletically, I think he could be a bit stronger here. Uh, size and be a bit heavier as well. That's why his size is the smallest grade or the lowest grade at a 7.7. You know, he needs to put on weight. Uh, he needs to get up to that range. He needs to get stronger. His strength, I gave him an 8.3. Like I said, pretty generous, you know, but also I got to give him credit. He does have pretty good hands here that allow him to disguise some of those issues but you know when i'm watching him run block and he's not finishing off blocks or he is but he's taking like way too long to do that like yo i need you to blast this dude especially if it's a line if it's anybody but a defensive lineman that guy needs to be in the ground you know sooner than later you know sooner than what he has been doing and then you got to move on to the next guy you know, and keep it going and whatnot. I think it's not an awareness issue where, you know, he, oh, he's not moving on to the next level or he's not super aware. He's blocking guys uh, or he's blocking players into backs. I think that's a strength issue because he just can't handle some of those guys from a pure power perspective, you know, and they get a little bit away and, you know, he, he's, he's using leverage and you, you kind of got to, you know, be a little bit more strategic with that when you are just uh, relying a lot on leverage, which isn't a bad thing. You know, I'd rather have a guy that knows how to use leverage and then you could kind of, you know, condition him and get him stronger over time. But I think a lot of it is a strength issue. You know, he just he's not strong enough to finish off some of these blocks faster than some of the other guys on this list and then move on to the next level or at the initial point of attack you know he's not as aggressive as i'd like for him to be you know and so just all together i think if he got stronger he would definitely go up this list for sure and you know he'd he'd be a lineman that i feel like a lot of coaches on the country would be more comfortable playing here because look i'm looking at him at 265 you know if we're talking d1 there are defensive ends and linebackers that are at 260 265 you know and so if they're at 265 then what do you think defensive tackles and edge rushers are at 
you know what i mean like you gotta you gotta be a little bit better there and so for all those reasons is why you know he is kind of here fifth slash fourth i mean fourth for me you know and so that's kind of what i see it uh and his versatility kind of hurts because of that i i don't think intellectually he can't play the other positions because he's not smart enough i think physically he needs to get up there for him to really uh, honestly for him to play at all on the interior line uh, like if you play tackle you know he could do it you know but he is a little bit shorter for a tackle he does have a pretty good wingspan in my opinion and so that's that's definitely a plus that helps him out but still altogether he still needs to get stronger and i think that's kind of the root of a lot of his issues here i mean you work with what you got as an athlete right you can't just automatically add plus 20 strength and you know plus 20 pounds that's not how it works this isn't madden or 2k or a video game this is real life you know you can either maintain the weight or you can't and for some people it takes a little bit more time and that's okay i'd like the frame still here at 63265 but i think this is definitely a frame that he needs to grow into because there's a lot of things he does where i'm like yeah you know that's that's d1 fcs ish level but you know because of some of the just where he's at i guess athletically like i said mostly strength and power wise i think he falls probably to more of a d2 type of guy maybe maybe fcs he could push that here uh but he definitely needs to get stronger so that's kind of where i'm at when looking at jackson clancy i mean i think he's a kid who's pretty smart he's very aware he does his job well and pass bro he's not fooled you know he's not like missing blitzes because that's what drives me crazy i've seen plenty of linemen who you know you could you could tell that it's about to be a linebacker blitz and then they just let the linebacker loose and then he goes ahead and he lays out the running back or quarterback or whatever like he does a good job at redirecting at doing his job out there and then in the run game as well i mean when he knows that hey i might not be able to quite get here or i don't know if i could quite overpower this guy in time he still does a good job using his leverage turning him around doing what he can you know so that he could still give his uh teammates a chance to make a play and this is a talented enough area squad where you know that's really all you gotta do um if you're not quite there and so that's kind of where i'm at with jackson clancy as a prospect like i said i think he's somebody that has a lot of potential here if he gets stronger then i think his uh, ceiling goes up uh, quite a bit um but i feel like he really does know what's going on out there and it's just a matter of matching that iq with his body type here and uh, just getting stronger you know that's what it comes down to you gotta beat those defenders and uh, put them in the ground a lot faster that's just what it comes down to you know and you got to be able to manhandle them outside of your leverage but yeah anyways with all that being said cody what do you think about that evaluation you think that's fair and then we could talk about his outlook here yeah i think you bring up some some good points here and uh you know i think that this is a great reason why why we have the averages here you know because it's like the way that you view, view the awareness i totally get that i totally get that and uh you know at the same time i feel good about my awareness and i think that in the middle of that is an accurate uh grade here and i do think that yes he does have 
a long, not, well, I don't want to say like a long way. I don't want to make it sound like impossible, but he does have some work cut out for him athletically and in that weight room. Uh, just because, I mean, you know, we start talking about these other guys, uh, especially once you get into the top three and all three of those guys have blocks that are like, damn, they just massacred somebody. And I just feel like that was missing from Clancy's profile, both, you know, in, in the eye test category and in the, you know, watching the film in the highlights category. So I think that happened less. Uh, especially in the top three guys that are just real nasty. Like like Coach V said earlier, stay tuned. And so, you know, between my grade of uh, 76.6 here and your grade of an 84.5, that puts him at an 80.55. So high two-star, low three-star caliber. I think that's accurate. I think that's an accurate, you know, representation of Jackson Clancy. And I think that, you know, is offers kind of reflect that a little bit here i was scrolling through quite a bit here and he has he's very highly communicated with d2 naia level player here with the likes of south dakota mines chadron uh dakota state um vcsu which is an naia school mcpherson jimmy and i think something else that's worth mentioning here is he is a, he's been offered by CU for their rugby team, which is, which is interesting. Uh, he's a pretty, I, it, it looks like he's a pretty talented rugby player as well. So, you know, he does have options in, in some sense here, but I do think that, you know, he's maybe, like you said, he could work himself into an FCS role potentially uh, with a little bit more focus. I just don't, I'm not sure if programs are looking for that kind of project at this moment in time. Now with the transfer portal, I mean, you could get guys who are two or three year starters on the college level and play for you right away. You know, when it comes to high school offensive linemen, I would say I, it, it's a little bit tougher because I don't think there are many offensive linemen that are going to go into a program um, I'm talking probably more D1, but you know, obviously D2 NAI, it all still matters though, but I don't think there's many high school offensive linemen that's going to hop into a program and start day one. Uh, even before all this transfer portal stuff, it really wasn't like that. Usually they take the red shirt and then probably another year and then maybe they start getting some snaps or something like that. It depends, you know, uh, the program and well, what the turnover is like at offensive linemen. But obviously, uh, O-linemen are valued. You know, you need the line to win games. And so you have to put out the best guys out there. You know, you can't put out a developmental project. This isn't high school. This is college, you know. And so, uh, look, glad he does have interest from some D2s. I think he could go to one of those and be really successful. And look, there are some prospects that we've talked about that have made our top five seniors list before that have been offered by D1s but have decided that they're a better fit for D2, and that is definitely okay. And then there's also, you know, the Juco route if he wants to go that route, or he could stick to rugby, which is not bad at all. I mean, for him to be moving the way he does at the 6'3", 260 frame, I'm sure they'll find a use out there as well, you know. And, uh, I mean, there's a lot of opportunities for him, which is 
what matters in my opinion because this is a kid that has championship dna even though they didn't win it you know he has a uh, he has i guess been part of a culture that has won a lot of games you know they're a winning program they're one of the best in the state in my opinion they do a good job putting players in pretty solid positions to succeed and so you know he kind of brings that to whatever college program he goes to and like i said i think he's a smart dude i think he's someone that you know he's not going to get confused on the college level i don't think he's someone that's going to go into that and just like not know what any of these terms mean or what they're talking about i mean i am gonna throw this out there he is a 6-0 guy i think matt does a really good job at preparing these kids at the next level not just physically but for sure mentally especially those linemen so i'm gonna throw that out there as well so uh yeah but we'll see what happens i mean like i said when we're recording this signing day is tomorrow uh decisions are gonna have to be made that's just what's gonna have to happen you know yeah, no, totally. I I agree with that. And you know, it recruiting it's a it's a crazy game to uh to navigate here. It's a crazy business to navigate. And um, you know, I think having options is great. You know, I think uh, South Dakota Mines. I actually went to school with some guys who committed to South Dakota Mines, and they had a good experience there. They have a solid education program, and uh, you know, their athletics is you know pretty pretty balanced and supported by the student body. Obviously, we have a ton of love for Chadron State, who offers our overlooked guys here in the state uh, very, very well. And, uh, you know, it pays dividends for for the Eagles and whatnot. And, uh, you know, rugby, there's there's always options here. And, uh, you know, rugby is something where, you know, may, if depending on how the seasons fall or what have you, um, it could be mutually beneficial if if he could, you know, get a there's some I mean, football is a little different than some other sports for sure. But, you know, if there's an opportunity for like a little dual kind of scholar thing where it's like, you know, like, I don't know, a fifth and a fifth. And then you could package it up with, you know, some grade scholarship stuff. You could you could make it work. You can negotiate into something depending on what program you're looking at and depending on what they're willing to do to kind of meet you there. And so I'd say just like understand that you have options. Obviously, you know, Clancy is a 6-0 guy. And just shout out to Matt at 6-0, um, which he might have worked with everyone on this list, maybe. Uh, well, he works with a lot of the linemen that we talk about. He's, he's a good position coach. And, uh, you know, he understands the business of football very, very well and has talked about it on on his stuff before. So... You know, you have mentorship, you have guidance, and I think that uh, you have a lot of options for for how this could shake out and could really make the most of it. Yeah, no, absolutely. But uh, with that being said, though, Cody, is it good if we move on to our number four guy here? Yeah, our number four guy I'm, I'm very excited to talk about, and you're going to hear some things that are similar and uh, some things that are different. That's a fair statement. Yeah, per usual. But uh, let's go ahead and hop into it. So our number four interior offensive lineman here in the class of 2023 out of Colorado is Tanner Regis, the Pine Creek High School center guard tackle offensive lineman uh, standing at 6'2", 260. And hopefully I'm saying that last name right. I've, I've literally watched this kid so many times. But, you know, announcers don't really announce uh, lineman out there not like that 
uh, outside of, you know, the beginning of the game. So there you go. But he's been part of a great Pine Creek program. Pine Creek is a program that has done a lot uh, with their offensive linemen out there. They run the ball well, usually, and, you know, they're a very dominant program. They represent some of the best out of the spring. So uh, let's go ahead and talk about his grades just uh, as an overview here. So versatility gave him an 8.5, hand fighting 8.7, pass pro 8.5, pull blocking uh 8.1 combo blocking is a 7 awareness 9.2 though footwork 9 agility 8.2 strength 7.8 size 7.5 for an overall grade of 82.5 so uh a little bit of a smaller grade than jackson here still would have made the top five regardless though uh because he is a very good football player and so let's go ahead and talk about some of the things that make him great some of his highest grades here so gave him a 9.2 for awareness awareness and a 9 for footwork here i mean look this is a kid that kind of knows his limits he's on the shorter end as a lineman and the lighter end as well 260 i uh, i could more or less agree that he is there he feels a little bit lighter when watching him as well i mean he's he's moved around a lot you know he gets a lot of playing time i'm just gonna throw that out there so there you go there but he knows uh his limits here and he does with he does work with what he have uh with what he has and so shout out his footwork i think it's a very good uh, i mean he knows what he's doing out there he's not tripping over himself that's a very solid uh, no complaints really there and then his awareness i gave him a 9.2 i mean look this is a kid that was a team captain for this pine creek squad he knows what he's doing he's aware of what the coaches want on certain plays and uh pine creek i would say is a run first school they run the ball a lot uh with the running backs with their quarterbacks which i'm not the biggest fan of uh and you know they pass it to a minimum but here's the thing though with tanner uh in the run game he does the little things really well like i said a little limited as far as frame and athleticism goes but he does what he can he still makes the right football plays to spring his guys loose you know goes out and he targets certain players that he feels like he needs to go ahead and block and seal off to go ahead and spring uh spring a big run here whether it's up the middle or outside i mean he does his job really well just a very aware of who he needs to get you know and uh just very aware of the matchup as well knowing like okay uh i can't block both of these guys but if i could get this guy then i know my back could make this player miss you know and so whoever i leave you know that's the back's responsibility and there never really is a time where he just misses and he's just you know not doing a good job out there now on top of that like i said maybe not the strongest guy but he knows when to let go he's very aware doesn't really accrue a lot of penalties in my opinion you know he's very very efficient in that way so love that uh, i think he plays this game at a very high level a uh, very high iq type of guy and he is a guy that they move around a lot at center guard left tackle right tackle i mean he played i feel like all five offensive line positions for them this year or at some point in his career and to do that you kind of got to be a smart guy and know like okay you know i'm at this position what do they need me to do here 
And that's really hard, you know, to memorize all of that for five different positions, really. And some of it might be, you know, just schematically, hey, you know, I know I'm going to move here. This is what I got to do here. So that makes it a little bit easier. But for the most part, I really have seen him move around and that's still pretty tough to do. So there you go. Now, talking about his, um, you know, lower grades here, 7.5 for size, 7 for combo blocking, 7.8 with strength. Uh, look, uh, combo blocking, I think he knows when to slide to the next level and do all that stuff. Not super concerned about that. Now, the way he does it, uh, it's just not super great at least in my opinion because he's just not the strongest guy in my opinion he's probably one of the weakest guys uh on this top five list which you know he still made the top five list so you gotta keep that in mind here and it kind of shows because he's just not quite able to get the push you want sometimes or lay out a dude and then be able to just go to the next level because you can't just push a dude and then move on to the next level because if you push the guy and he absorbs, you know, whatever power you have behind it, then, you know, he's about to go nail your running back or quarterback or whatever. You have to finish the block, you know, and so he knows that. Um, there are times where he just, you know, gets a little shove, a little stab, and then moves on to the next level, which, you know, is kind of lazy blocking just for the sake of combo blocking. Um, he, he knows his limits, you know, he knows like, all right, I can't get both of these guys but i could seal off this guy and then maybe move up to the next guy so he knows his limits there i'm gonna give him credit there but i think the reason his combo blocking is so low is just because of his strength and size 260 that's definitely undersized especially as a senior you know it's not the worst he could weigh a lot less obviously but if he wants to play on the next level you know, 260, 250, I would say even on the D2 level, there are linebackers that weigh that much, you know, and definitely defensive tackles that weigh more than that. He has to put on more weight, uh, do his best with that and all that great stuff. Uh, a lot, very similar to Jackson here, I would say. He needs to put on more weight and get stronger so that he can go out and make those blocks and be a little bit more efficient. Uh, because that is my biggest concern, more so than Jackson even, because he is a little bit shorter at 6'2". I don't think he quite has the wingspan that Jackson has here, the reach that he has. And even then, I still think Jackson is a bit stronger. Now, he does make up for it by being a super smart you know, football player that could, that has played all five positions and he's been a leader and he has led this offense and he has good hand fighting, good leverage. Usually he could turn a guy and, you know, work with what he got there. So he works with what he got uh, because he's a smart football player. But I think there's still another level that could be unlocked here. Uh, but for now, his ceiling is just a little bit low just because of how light he is. Knows what he's doing out there for sure, I would say. But he needs to get stronger. Uh, so there you go. But Cody, what do you think about that evaluation and what is yours? I mean, I'm going to say a lot of the same things here. And I'm just going to start by going through my through my rubric here. Look, versatility-wise, I have him at an 8. Hand fighting-wise, 8.5. Pass pro, 8.9. Uh, pole blocking, I have a 5.9. Combo blocking, 8-2, so a little bit of a difference there. But awareness and footwork both leading the charge here, 8-7, 8-5, respectively. Agility, 7-9. Strength, 7-8. And size, 7.3. So I guess I'll kind of climb from the bottom and work my way up here since you left off on areas of improvement. You know, I think 
obviously, you know, his his strength, 7.8, we both have the same grade there. It's not great, and I think that's reflective, reflected a little bit of his size that, you know, I have at a 7.3 and you have at a 7.5. He's just small. Um, and even, like, outside of pads, he looks too slim you know and and you see it reflected in the pads as well and you see it reflected in his offers and yeah that's that's not great and then you know i think that he's not asked to i don't know it's not i don't think it's an agility problem so much as an it's an experience problem but i just wish that he got opportunities to pull more and there are times where you know maybe he doesn't engage when he should and you know, there there leaves something to be desired there. I saw that uh, reflected in that. But, you know, cl climbing up this ladder here a little bit. Agility-wise, he's also not the most athletic. This is the second lowest agility grade out of all five of these guys for me at a 7.9. I think that, you know, he can move, but maybe he should move a little bit better if he's going to be that light is kind of my opinion. I think that, you know, his agility should probably be the highest here considering he's the lightest guy on this list. And that just doesn't, really happen here um and he just like these other guys have instances of pulling from like the center position and he just doesn't really have that capability and um just doesn't maneuver the field as well but talking about things that he does well everything from this point on does go to an eight or above Obviously, versatility. He literally does play every single position on the line through these two years of film and quite a few snaps at all of them as well. Less so at tackle, but, you know, at right tackle, he's a solid run blocker. He gets to where he needs to be and, you know, he gets his hands on guys and, you know, he, he forms a wall for, for a running back to run. He creates lanes at left tackle and right tackle. And I think something else, and this will feed into his awareness here, but he knows what he's about. And, you know, Coach V said it best, emphasizing he plays within his game. And, you know, when he needs to chop somebody, he'll, he's capable of doing it. And, uh, you know, we're, obviously chopping doesn't make you a great lineman, but utilizing chopping when necessary and being intelligent about it, I think that that, you know, is something that can be acknowledged in, in short. But climbing up from there, you know, at 8.2 is his combo blocking. I just think that, He's smart about sliding off of his combo blocks. And, you know, I guess that's kind of where that's reflected in my score. I will say that there are times where he is lazy and maybe doesn't get a whole block as a part of his combo or he just throws the hand out there. But I think that, you know, his ability to, you know, to move and his communication is very, very strong in his combo blocking. I think that he does a great job of IDing guys. And, you know, being able to help out on combo blocks when necessary. So I think that that is, is admirable as well. But talking about the things that I would say are actually, you know, definable skills and admir admirable skills here for Tanner. I think it starts with his hand fighting. I think that he has quick hands. I think that he has strong hands. And I think that his hands can really just manipulate opposing players very, very well. Even though his hands, you know, his reach isn't necessarily the longest. He's just very smart about his placement. And, you know, he has a great chop and shove move, you know, especially if defenders try and get low underneath his pads and they just shoot both hands out. It doesn't matter because he just locks those elbows and just mallets them into the ground very well. And I think that that is a good hand fighting technique to, to have in your bag. 
as as well as others that you know he gets to show when he plays guard when he plays center when he plays tackle and uh you know just shows that he has a little bit of a bag and you know you have to be able to hand fight across different positions for versatility sake i would say a little bit and yeah i think that that is something to to respect about tanner here now as far as things that are his best traits you know his awareness at an 8.7 i think that he's a very very smart football player he ids blitzers very often i think that you know he he plays snaps at every position on the line and he makes touchdown worthy blocks from all of those he's a very very intelligent pass blocker he keeps his head on a swivel he has footwork that's good enough to slide he slides blockers out to the edge if necessary and just kind of takes takes them where they want to go and i think that's very intelligent and i think that you know he's just he he controls very well and you know he's he's strong enough to to block and and to pick up and you know obviously having the iq to recognize you know these stunts and whatnot and just be patient in the pass game i think that both these are very admirable and then you know his pass pro is his best trait which is very interesting like coach v said pine creek is not a pass first or maybe even not even a pass second it's run first run second pass third type of football team type of program but tanner in those times he keeps the middle of that pocket very very clean for his young quarterback this past year and you know even the year before that did a good job of keeping a clean pocket keeping those feet moving and just playing a very complementary style of strengths and skills to be a very competent and capable pass blocker here now that puts him for me at a 79.7 Coach V has him at an 82.5 for a composite or average score of 81.1. You know, high two-star, low three-star kind of guy. And once again, his offers here kind of reflect that. Mainly D2 here to Black Hills State, Presentation College. I don't even... I Presentation might actually be a D3 or NAIA. I'd have to double check that. But then you have McPherson, Puget Sound, and Chadron as well. And, you know, I think that these are all appropriate for a guy at this size. Now, if you're talking about a, a version of Tanner that is skilled at the things that he's skilled at and weighs 20 more pounds, I think that this is a very different prospect that we're looking at. I just don't know what that weight would look like on a six foot two frame and if he'd be able to maintain a lot of these same skills. But considering he's very technically sound in a lot of the fundamental ways and in a lot of the ways that you know you don't have to worry about coaching maybe you can focus on that strength side on that size side but either way it is a project coach v am i mistaken in that assessment when looking at these offers and talking about tanner the prospect here no i think this is pretty appropriate honestly if he was 20 or 30 pounds heavier uh and played at that weight at a pretty good level, I think he would probably be a D1 guy. But, you know, he is pretty light here. I mean, he's he's been working on it. He's been getting heavier every year. So there's definitely improvement. But 
like I said, you can't start project players and you know, you, if you got to wait two or three years for him to get to 280, 290 and be there consistently and hold that weight, that might be too long for some of those uh, higher level programs. And so I think D2 is appropriate. And I mean, look, here's the thing with Tanner. He's not going to be the stupidest lineman in the film room, in whatever film room he goes into. Uh, I'm pretty confident about that. He's not going to be the stupidest. And I think that matters because, you know, he automatically raises the IQ level at any room. And it does matter because you need Lyman to not only be physical and do all that great stuff, but like, you know, what's a good athlete if he doesn't know what to do out there on the field? You know, and so I think he's somebody that you could definitely bring in. He's going to raise that IQ level of that line you have. He's going to really challenge dudes and you know do all the little things right and the big things right and do what he can within his abilities and so it's gonna take him some time but i think once he is able to uh, play and uh, physically be up there with some of these guys on this next level then i think he could definitely be a special player potentially you know uh love that he was very versatile i'm sure that's gonna matter here going on the next level it will matter on the next level in case you need someone to plug and play eventually here but i'm look just being honest you know his weight definitely and strength is definitely holding him back just a little bit here uh but still has opportunities to play on the next level and i think that's what matters right now Especially, um, you know, with how tough it is out there. Right, Cody? Yeah, no. I definitely think that versatility... We... This is a common grade throughout all of our... All of our, you know, top five series or just film evaluations. If there is more than one way to get on the field for you, you are automatically in a better spot than, you know, one-trick pony recruits, right? And that's no different for Tanner here. And I think that is honestly where his value really really lies is you know he's smart like you said he's he's going to i don't think he's going to be behind in learning a playbook or anything like that and it's like oh no someone went down we need someone to play right tackle we're that was our second street right tackle we don't have another right tackle who do we got and i i could see tanner stepping forward i could play right tackle coach and do you know the plays absolutely and and just someone that you can trust and so a trustful recruit is a good recruit. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Now, is he going to be excellent over there? No, you know, no. but he's going to be competent. And I think that's what matters. So there you go. I mean, you got to sell yourself any way you can. And uh, I think his ceiling, if he can put on weight and maintain it, can be pretty high here because of how smart he is. But his floor could also be low if he just can't get on the field because he's just not physically there with some of these guys. So, uh, yeah, you know, we'll see. There's kind of a big range here. But that's Tanner, though. I don't really have too much more to say here. Uh, if you don't have any more to say or add, Cody, do you want to talk about our number three guy here? Absolutely. It will be my pleasure introducing our number three interior offensive lineman of the 2023 class here in Colorado. And that is Ty Barwind out of VCHS, Valor Christian High School here. The six foot four, 291 pound 
guard slash center here. And uh, yeah, if if that wasn't a um, proper introduction, his size is rated at a nine for me, just to get things out of the way. 6'4", 291, I'm pretty sure he's at least listed as the heaviest guy here. There may be one that could potentially contend how heavy, but either way, he is just an absolute unit. You look at Ty Barwind walk through the hallways, and you're like, I wonder if that guy plays football. And not only does he visually look like someone who plays football, but physically, he is someone who carries that out and fulfills that block here. Look, his other highest category here, his other nine, nine or above grade, is in strength at 9.2. He is just a mauler on this interior offensive line position. And he finishes blocks, and he finishes a variety of blocks here because, you know, in this McGatlin system, I do have his pull blocking rated at an 8.9. He is trusted and asked to pull in a lot of different ways. This Valor offensive line, you know, kudos to McGatlin. While I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of, you know, very wild caddy stuff, I will say that it is fantastic for linemen to really develop athletically and intellectually and to be asked to do a lot. And pull blocking wise for Ty Barwind is no different. He's somebody who pulled out of the center position for, you know, even between the guard and the tackle to both the left and right. He's pulled out wide for big toss plays. He's pulled for reverse plays. He's pulled from the guard spot, both interior and exterior. He just has a lot of experience pulling all over the place. And so he navigates the field very, very well. He adapts to where the teammates are very, very well. And I think that routinely he's blocking the correct guy. He's getting a good block on the correct guy. And he's pancaked, pancaking, pardon me, the correct guy as well. So pull blocking wise, just very, very proficient, very sound in that sense. And, you know, when you look at some other things that he does well and some things that, uh, you know, are arguably products of that system, combo blocking at an 8.5 here, he obviously, like, when you run the ball as much as they do and you need to get to the second level because, you know, they have some very solid athletes running out of the backfield. And, uh, you know, I think he does a great job of not just teaming up with somebody to get a block, but he gets, he will combo with a teammate, make sure that that defender, that defensive lineman is on the ground. And then if you're a linebacker, that is not the guy that you want to be seeing on the second level because he's going to ruin you. He's going to get his second pancake on that play. And, uh, you know, if he does it fast enough, there's a chance where if one of your safeties or corners tried to come in and make a play, they are also at risk of being flattened. So, you know, I think that he does a great job there. And between these two things of pole blocking and combo blocking, I think that you get a player that, you know, maneuvering the field the way that he has to, you get somebody who has very solid footwork. And I, I reflected that in my grade with an 8.4. I think it's solid. I think that, you know, he's asked to do a lot. He consistently pulls. And so you have to have good footwork to be able to do that. And the volume of which he does things is, you know, it's, it's expertly. He maneuvers the field very, very well. And his feet have a lot to do with that. I will say, you know, it's not perfect. There are times where, you know, maybe the base gets a little narrow or maybe his feet slow down just a little bit, but I still think it's easily a three-star trait here, his footwork, that is, just because of the power that he derives from it when he finishes blocks. It's very footwork-driven, and I think that his stance is also solid the majority of the time. Now, also reflected here is his versatility. You know, he 
did play a handful of tackle and at times in his film and then you know obviously centering guard it almost felt like a 50 50 split watching it uh i i don't know for sure if that's the way that the snap count percentages ended up as but you know i i think that he's a very versatile guy and then obviously you know at six foot four 290 pounds you know six foot four specifically he's big right so that helps him out at the tackle position just reach wise and whatnot so i think that helps out his versatility as well not only that he played all those positions but you know that he has size to uphold positions both on the interior and the height and reach on the exterior to make that work and the last but not least you know his pass pro i have rated at an eight i think it's solid i think that he's consistent um nothing crazy i would say like it's not like he's dominating he's just doing his job and i think that that's reflected in some of these other categories here that i have rated out of eight in his awareness and agility you know i think that he could move a little bit better uh i think that part of that is just being you know an 18 year old that's six foot four 290 pounds especially because his list away at least on his twitter was listed at 280 so i'm assuming that that was probably at the beginning of the season or prior to the season, and then, you know, he put on weight as well. So probably a little bit of a adaptation to look forward to and a little bit of getting used to there. Awareness-wise, I will say that there's some times where he could block another guy and doesn't, maybe. And, you know, I, I think that uh, he could ID and communicate just a little bit more. But that's that's a little nitpicky i will say i mean they are still graded at eights and then his lowest grade for me was hand fighting i just didn't see any like i didn't see a huge variety of hand fighting i didn't see anything that i was like wow that was a really good move i think that you know when he is challenged with basic level hand fighting he handles it when he is challenged with you know maybe a player that is well versed in a rip or maybe a swim he handles it he keeps their arms where he wants them and then, you know, obviously he has an absurd reach, which is why, you know, his hand fighting does get this benefit. But I think at six foot four, his reach and utilization of his hands should be better. I really think it should be better. Um, and so, you know, you add all that up and you get an 84.2 here, which is uh, not to speak for Coach V here, but uh, a pretty, pretty close grade. Yeah, no, I, I would definitely agree here. Um, look, I, I gave him an 84.9. That's my overall grade. And I'm going to go ahead and take that as my cue to talk about my grades here. Uh, just talking about it uh, all together here. So versatility gave him an 8.3. Hand fighting, 8.1. Pass pro, 8.4. Pull blocking, 8.7. Combo blocking, 8.5. 8.6 for both awareness and footwork. Then his agility, I had to give him a 7.7, .7, but gave him 9s for both strength and size here. Look, Ty Barwin is part of a great tradition they have over there at Valor Christian. They always put out great offensive linemen. His teammate, Tanner Morley, was our, spoiler alert, second best offensive tackle uh, in his class here he was a good one for them uh borderline i mean he he was getting close to that number one uh, guy on that list as well but you know tanner morley did a lot for this team you also have the freshman standout brett Colojay, who has a bunch of d1 offers now from penn state byu uh, miami recently offered him as well and so ty kind of gets I feel like he's been a little overlooked just looking at some of his offers 
and whatnot. But what he does on this line is truly, you know, commendable. And he does a really good job. I mean, look, looking at his strongest categories, uh, strength here and size, both at nines. I mean, this is a big dude at 6'4", 291. Uh, size is not an issue at all. I don't think strength is an issue either. I mean, this is a dude that's going to maul you, like Cody said, and he is going to put you in the ground. He's going to be physical with you once he gets his hands on you. I mean, it's basically raps. You know, he, he really does dominate that way. There aren't many guys. I, I really didn't see him get manhandled at all. And I've seen this kid play live against Thunder Ridge, you know, who has a good defense. I saw him play um, his playoff game against Regis Jesuit. I wasn't there. I watched the live stream in full, though. And he was blowing up holes wide open for Trey Scott, Sawchuck, all the guys they have carrying the ball over there. I mean, he was a big part of this run game. You know, he brought a lot of power and grit to this run game, I should say. And on top of that, you know, he wasn't the worst on pass pro. I mean, gave him an 8.4, which is a little bit lower, but he's going to be physical with you regardless. You know, and there are some guys, uh, I wouldn't say necessarily on this list, but just in general, like there are some offensive linemen that just aren't as physical as I'd love them for them to be at their uh, height and frame here. But that's not really an issue with Ty. He's going to be physical. He's going to be in your face. He's gonna. He looks like he loves to hit. And he does it uh, with a lot of joy, it looks like. And with a lot of energy, which as a coach, uh, you have to love, honestly. Because he just clears the way out there. He's a people mover. So there you go. Those are his strengths. Now... I'm going to agree with Cody here. You know, some of his lower grades, 7.7 .7 for agility, 8.1 for hand fighting. Let me start with hand fighting here first. Uh, you know, he does what he needs to do. It's solid. He has pretty strong hands. I would like for his hands to get faster, though. I'm a little concerned. They're a little bit on the slower side. I love for that to be a little bit sped up, for him to get leverage a little bit quicker and, uh, yeah, just, I mean, beat other guys to the punch there. Uh, beat them to the point of attack. I'd love to see that improve. Just him for him to get a little bit faster in that aspect. Now, as a whole athlete, I'd love for him to be a little bit quicker because I gave him a 7.7 .7 grade here. I mean, he's the least agile player I have graded here. A lot of it, uh, he is able to cover up because he knows where he needs to go. Very aware of where he needs to be at. And then his strength, I mean, it makes up for a lot of that. A lot of that. Uh, where he can't get to speed-wise, he's going to get to power-wise by blocking his guy into somebody else. You know, and you see that happen from time to time here. And so I'd, I'd like to see that, you know, improve here. And I think it can be improved. Just lean up a little bit here. Really work on those short bursts, especially when you're pulling and whatnot. And I think that is very fixable. Um, I should say more improvable than anything, you know, but definitely something I'd love for him to get better at. He's just not as fast as that, as I'd probably like him for him to be. Cause when you think about him and how teams are going to use him, 
you know, they know he's a strong run blocker. They're going to want to pull him and do all that great stuff. He's going to have to be fast enough to not only beat out defensive linemen, but get to the next level and get to those linebackers who, you know, are evolving in our 4-4-4-5 guys at the highest level here. And I think he's somebody that does have that ceiling, uh, the ability to potentially play on the highest level, in my opinion. Power 5, potentially group of 5, uh, D1 at the very least because of his size. So there you go there. Now, Ty Barwind altogether as a prospect. I think this is a kid that, like you said, Cody, he's a mauler. He's physical. He hits. Strength is not an issue. He's going he's gonna to make a point, you know, and he's going to do that all game. In that Regis Jesuit game, this kid felt like he was unstoppable, and it's because he was, you know. It's because they didn't really have a guy to absorb you know all 291 pounds of power here because uh, that's what it is and uh, he i mean he he was part of a great uh offensive line a very physical offense that got the job done and you know part of a great tradition that valor christian has of putting out great offensive linemen so there you go there that's kind of how I view Ty Barwin here. Now, Cody, have you looked at his socials and uh, kind of what offers he has and whatnot? He's very supportive of his teammates, which is great. But yeah, I let's talk about am, it. I'm not happy about it, honestly. Um, and I, I mean, I'm sure he's not like thrilled about it either, to be fair. But I mean, shoot, man, he has. An offer he has two offers right now from what i could find a lot of these are visits uh but he has an offer to trinity university and wisconsin platteville i'm pretty sure both of those are d3 if i'm not mistaken but you know he's also had a visit he just most recently had a visit to uh north central college which were the D3 national champions in 2022. And, uh, you know, he's had a lot of visits. He's had a lot of, you know, people checking into him. But I agree wholeheartedly. He is, I'd even say, criminally overlooked. I think that this is a three-star. I, I think it's pretty solid three-star recruit that we're talking about here. And no D2 offers. NAIA looks really... I mean, look, GPA-wise, he's a 3.54 unweighted and a 4.0 weighted athlete, student athlete. So I, um, I don't know. I'm, what's the word? Flabbergasted? I'm surprised on... none of the D2s in Colorado have done anything about it. Yeah, he's right here. He's right, he's right here. And I mean, it's not like he's not recognized in the state of Colorado. He was a second team All-State guy. And I feel like, you know, our, our Colorado schools are very good at looking at the All-State talent and, and shooting offers or partial offers or something here. And I mean, you know, he, he his, his teammate Brody uh, just committed to Northern Colorado that I think could use someone nasty and big. And, you know, even, uh, I mean, it's not like this Valor line doesn't get looked at, but I feel like a lot of the love is going to, like, the tackles, you know. Uh, and that's not, like... That's no shade at them. The tackles are warranted, you know, both in Morley and in Breck, uh, Colage, in the looks that they're receiving. 
But I, I mean, if you're watching the film, how could you not see Ty Barwind even in those guys' films stick out? I mean, he's huge. He pulls. He's responsible. You know what I mean? And I mean, I feel like there's like the work that you have to do with him is not like I don't look at like him and be like, oh, like, man, he's he might be a backup his senior year. I'm like, no, this is one of those few linemen that I think you already have great size and strength, which is like what you need to start. It's the basic ingredients for creating the perfect lineman. And you look at what what work you have to do. And it's this is somebody that I think could even crack into a rotation or, you know, be a starter as a junior in college. And I don't know. I, it's just it's it's I'm speechless. If you can't tell by by my lack of ability, like when I pulled up his Twitter, I was just blown away. Just wow. How how does this guy not have more looks until, you know, some schools listen to this episode, probably. But nonetheless, that would be after signing day, which is, you know, kind of tough. Yeah. Signing day is tomorrow. So less within the next not even 24 really within the next 12 hours uh you know a school comes in and whatnot and offers him we'll see but it's it's getting really late so we gotta i I mean we got we gotta talk about the options here you know and i think it's worth potentially waiting for the late signing period um okay just to maybe see but i mean Look, he, he did visit the, the D3 national champs, and we've seen when it comes to linemen, uh, NFL is looking to look willing to look anywhere. Um, so it's not like it's nothing is completely shot and over with and spoken for. Not that the sure. NFL is everything, you know, and all that. Yeah. But no, I, I got you. I mean, look, I think this is a kid that probably deserves to go. To, well, he for sure deserves to go to college for free, you know, and be on scholarship. Because I think that is the level of player he is. If he goes to any other, like if he's over at Cherry Creek or uh, if he starts for Pine Creek, Jesus Christ, you know, or any of these other 5A programs where, you know, he's not, like they don't have super stacked O-lines and then there's the question of like, oh, is it really him or is it, you know, Tanner Morley or Breck or whoever else is there, I think. You know, if he was kind of a standalone guy and was able to star a little bit more, then yeah, sure, I'm sure he would have more offers, but it is what it is, you know, and it's a shame, obviously, but I think this is a kid that, you know, could do well walking on somewhere, potentially. I mean, as long as it's the right fit. I'd love for Northern Colorado to go pick him up and be like, hey, you know, come on as a PWO and there would be an opportunity for you to earn a scholarship sooner than later. I'd love for that to happen. We'll see, you know, but like I said, it is kind of getting late in the game here. Regardless, here's here's the bottom line. He's a talented player. He's number three for a reason. You know, he's a kid that has played for a successful program that has won a lot, you know, so he has that winning mentality. He's an aggressive football player. There's not a lot you really have to coach him on, to be honest with you. I feel like it's pretty minimal. I mean, uh, look, he could get faster for sure, but, I mean, you're going to redshirt him anyways, and he's going to work on it. So I think by the time he is, you know, in that window where he might play or start, I think he will be fast enough. Um, 
No question, honestly, because it's not like he's just slow as hell and he can't, my bad, and he can't move uh, and he's just like a rock out there. Like, he moves pretty well. They pulled him a lot. So, we'll have to see. This will be a really interesting storyline here, but obviously rooting for bro because I think he is somebody that's extremely talented and can play on the D1 level and D2 level and, you know, bang with the best out there and more. Right, Cody? No, absolutely. I think that whatever program gets Ty is, you know, uh, going to be saying thank you and uh, going to be getting a really good prospect. I think that, you know, he's done a lot. He Like, his resume is impressive. It really is. And, uh, you know, he has a chunk of film to look at in, you know, two different offensive systems, mind you. And you could see the growth and the adaptability of Barwind here, and I mean, you can't miss him. Dude's 6'4", 290 pounds. So, I think that uh, the future is still bright for Ty here, and I, I'm excited to see what he does, and I'm excited to see how much he dominates where he goes. Yeah, no, for sure. But, with that being said, let's uh, keep it going here. Talk about another 5A player here. And so, uh, the second best offensive interior offensive lineman here in the class of 2023 out of cherry creek high school is hank zelinskis one of the best it was Beast. by the way spoiler alert committed to coach prime cu probably one of their best pickup probably their best pickup uh from colorado here in this class here it's very warranted and so let's talk about it here let's talk about it here so with his grades, 8.6 versatility, 8.7 hand fighting, 8.7 pass pro, 8.9 for pull blocking, 9.4 for combo blocking though, awareness 9, footwork 8.7, agility 9.3, highest among uh, all the linemen here on this top 5 list. Strength 8.5 though, size 8.3 for an overall grade of 88.1 for the 6.3. 275 pound interior lineman out of cherry creek the four-time champ here uh right yeah because he got playing time his freshman year right cody so i'm pretty sure he's always been yeah, a unit so, so he's always been out there a little undersized but he's been out there he's gotten playing time and so he is the four-time state champ out here one of the captains for cherry creek high school let's go ahead and talk about what makes hank so great here so gave him a 9.4 for combo blocking and 9.3 agility uh look those grades for me usually go hand in hand but this dude is quick and fast. There's one play on his reel. And I've watched this kid play live uh, against Thunder Ridge in the playoffs, against Regis Jesuit, you know, who all have guys that, you know, have made our top five list. And he's consistently been part of a great offensive line unit that has hammered Colorado programs across the state. But Hank here, I mean, he's quick. He brings a level of finesse that is honestly a blur for an offensive lineman. There's one play 
on his reel here. It's like a couple plays, and I don't think it's the first one. But he is like sprinting at full speed, keeping pace with his running backs. And it's not like his running backs are slow or anything. Like this dude is moving and hauling at 6'3", 275 out there, getting out into space, blocking dudes. I mean, he is quick, you know, and fast. And this is a kid that has kind of been a little... Just a little undersized here. I mean, here at 275 is a little undersized here. I think there was kind of a big jump between his junior and senior year as far as strength and power goes, which has helped him out a lot and has helped match his uh, finesse and his agility and speed here. But, you know, he's really put it all together. I mean, this is a real finesse type of offensive lineman that you could pretty much play all over the interior maybe even put him outside as well because i think he is quick enough but this is a quick guy it's not easy to get by hank here uh not at all and then i mean you have a lot of grades here 8.6 for versatility 8.7 hand fighting and pass pro uh 8.9 for pull blocking i mean look he does the he does it at a very high level you know he was I think the lone senior on this Cherry Creek offensive line. So he's very experienced. He's no, He knows what he's doing. It's not like he's out there and he doesn't know what's going on. I mean, his awareness is a nine. Uh, very good awareness. Picks up blitzes really well. Knows when to move on to the next level. Knows when to adjust his hands. I mean, he just does a very good job at that. Um, so there you go there. And I don't want to take everything. And so I'm going to move on to some of his lower grades here. Gave him an 8.5 for strength, an 8.3 for size here. Uh, that size frame could probably be a little bit higher here, but look, he's 6'3", 275 here. I really do believe he probably played in that 270 to 275 frame slash range this season, and he looked pretty good while doing it. Now, he's still, he's going to have to put on more weight, you know, I think, uh, he doesn't quite, I mean, he doesn't, he isn't quite able to finish off some blocks here as quick as he can. I think he could definitely use an offseason or two to get stronger, get more powerful, to match that speed and agility. Um, but it's definitely one of the weaker parts of his game now. He's a real good overall uh, prospect that I feel like, you know, if you had to add an archetype to him or label an archetype, as, uh, when talking about Hank, I mean, he's an agile, quick lineman. You know, someone that I feel like could do well in a spread type of offense. Uh, or, you know, a, a run-heavy offense where there's a lot of pulling pieces and whatnot. I mean, this is a kid that could uh, fit a lot of different schemes because of how quick he is. Now, strength-wise, to get on the field, I mean, he just needs to get stronger, uh, period. That's it. But, other than that, I mean, he's a well-rounded player. That's a very quick, like, elite. He has elite quickness. Uh, he's part of a great family of offensive linemen. His brother is playing for Rutgers. He was a great player in his day as well. I think Hank is as well. And so, I mean, that's really all I could say about Hank here. I'm not, I, like I said, I don't want to steal too much. So, Cody, what is your evaluation? And what do you think about mine uh, here? I mean, I gotta, I gotta agree here. And, uh, you know, just look, this is once again, championship DNA, just flowing through the veins here of the Zelinskis family here. And, uh, you know, 
but both both of them but hank here does really impress and um you know i i'm very excited for him i mean look my lowest grades for him are an 8 and an 8.1 and an 8.2 that's a pretty good prospect to to have your lowest grades not be below an 8 so at worst he's a three-star level prospect and so let's just talk about you know the things that he does well and where he knocks on the door of four star i gotta agree my highest grade for hank here is as a combo blocker he's just very intelligent he's very smooth and he's fantastic my first two sentences here to talk about you know his combo blocking as well as his agility here that i have at an 8-8 great at getting downfield and making blocks superb speed to get downfield and takes good angles to get downfield and make blocks smart to help on combos when necessary but won't hesitate to roll off and up if the situation is handled you know and there's little things there's one play in particular that really really did a lot of work for his combo blocking and his awareness his awareness being graded at an 8.7 by the way and uh, even his hand fighting a little bit at an 8.7. It was this play against Thunder Ridge. So this would be in the playoffs. So on the biggest stage, mind you, he's he's pulling off this maneuver where he literally, like, he throws a left hand out to push one, one defensive tackle into his other guy, right? So nice pop, nice quick punch. And then, you know, he he goes forward. And he gives a shove against a linebacker. And then he seals the touchdown by simply sticking his right arm out. And just, just like taking away an entire lane. Like a defender can't run through his arm. Like it's, it's a clothesline worthy. But it's such a cerebral play because he's not focused on that other defender. And you know there's a chance that this play scores without him doing that. But it's that tiny, it's the details, right? That separates the good from the great prospects here. And I think that that, that small, that tiny maneuver where he doesn't necessarily, quote, block, unquote, three players, but his impact is felt by three defenders. That is cerebral. That is absurd. It is, you know, at the starts with a combo, gets to downfield, and then, I mean, he just... He has a whole trifecta of just well-done execution. And this trifecta is exposed upon to three players here. So I think that, you know, he's he's obviously great. He's great. He's graded here at an 85.2 overall for me. Those things are great. His footwork and agility go hand-in-hand hand here, I would say, at an 8.9 and an 8.8. .8, where, I mean, he just moves very, very well. His feet... His feet are relentless. They are just pow, 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 pounding the ground constantly. And, you know, it's a source of a lot of his strength is in his footwork and just driving his legs, picking those feet up. I mean, you know, if this, I'd be surprised if this guy doesn't do tire drills just because of how clean those feet move and how powerful of pistons they really are here. So... I think that, uh, you know, he does all these things great size-wise. You know, I'm probably a little bit generous on this size at an 8.6 potentially. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that he, he wears the size well. I think that he is lean. And, uh, you know, I do trust him to be 275 heading into Boulder. Uh, I trust that. So, pass pro, 8.2. Uh, Creek did not really pass the ball more than they had to this year with a uh, few different 
you know, actors and a uh, few different faces, few different cast members throwing the ball for sure. You know, a little bit of a QB by committee, which is, uh, you know, unprecedented for a state champ. But when you have guys like Hank in front of you and some of the other linemen that they have, it becomes very possible just because, you know, it's a safe environment. Now, his quote, weakest categories here, strength, I have graded out at 8.2. He does just need to get stronger. He does need to, you know, get, and I'd say stronger up top. You see him kind of compensate for his strength up top and his upper body by using his legs the way that he does, which you need to still do that. But I would say that, you know, you want to be solid top to bottom in case, you know, something happens with, you know, maybe your feet can't get in the spot that you need to, or maybe they get you off the line, especially, I mean, there's just a lot more unknowns when you're going to the D1 level, uh, especially with the pass rushers he's going to be seeing in the Pac-12 low key. So, you know, you got to be able to be strong up top. Now, his other categories here, pull blocking, I have an 8.1. My nitpicking note here was, you know, when is that, you know, he's solid at pulling, but he could be a hair slow adapting to a pushback in the line. He's not as fluid as some of these other guys where, you know, if their guard or tackle does get moved, he adapts slower than those other guys. I mean, still 8.1, still solid. But, uh, you know, you can notice that. And on the next level, that hair becomes more of a thread, you know, as far as uh, thickness and then turns into a braid, etc., etc. as far as how big of a deal it can become. Then I also think that, you know, when uh, blocking, his chest can get a little far away from his base when he's driving. And I think that has to do with his strength as well. But, uh, you know, it consistently drives, which is good. I just wish they keep it more under him in in that case. So, you know, just being a little bit more balanced. And, um, you know, overall, I think he's a, he's a great run blocker. He's a competent pass blocker. He's consistently, you know, displaying good footwork, but he needs to get more balanced as an athlete. And I think that that can be addressed with his agility a little bit. And I think that's why I don't have it graded as high. And, um, you know, I think that his hand fighting will be tested more on the next level, but uh, I think that he's willing to, to get to that. But, you know, I think that, you know, no matter where you are on this list, getting stronger is not like everyone should get stronger. You're an interior offensive lineman. Your strength probably matters more than arguably any other position that's not the the mirror to to IOL in the DT section there. So versatility-wise, uh, didn't see him really play center a whole lot. Um, but I think I could trust him. So it's still at an eight. I could trust him just agility-wise and technique-wise to play center or tackle, honestly. And so, you know, the versatility comes from trust in other areas but is not necessarily display-driven. Now, you you talked about it. You spoiled it a little bit for anyone who didn't know. But, uh, you know, this is a uh, Buffalo here for, for CU, Simon. How excited is that? And, uh, I mean, he's going to get tested in the Pac-12 whenever Yeah, he no, he for sure will get tested. And, I mean, look, uh, Coach Prime is bringing in a lot of transfers and so Hank wasn't going to play day one uh, anyways. And I think that's better. You know, give him some time. Red shirt, you know, uh, learn from some of these tran transfers. Some of these guys are all conference guys, uh, former four-star, you know, high three-star, five-star type of dudes. You know, really learn, 
right? Uh, because once his time comes, I think he is going to be a key part of this CU offensive line. You know, and look, you win by building the trenches. And I think by getting one of the best in uh, Colorado, that's going to go a long way in an investment down the road. Now, I know, you know, there's a lot of fans and people in Colorado that are, I feel like rightfully so, questioning, oh, well, how long is Coach Prime going to stay, you know? Is somebody that's going to get recruited right now, is he even going to get a chance to see the field with Coach Prime? And I feel like those are all valid arguments, but, you know, you got to build the roster regardless. I don't think they're going to win, you know, season one or even too much season two. This is something that takes time. And I think Hank getting into this program, he's going to be somebody that's going to emerge as an important part of that offense. You know, I mean, he's a smart kid. Uh, like I said, comes from a great line of linemen, uh, champ has championship DNA, has experience winning and winning championships. I think he's going to bring that to CU and help change that culture that, you know, is going to want to win championships. But first off, they're going to have to win the Pac-12 first. That means going through CU, going through USC. You know, Lincoln Riley and those boys. Even UW, University of Washington, they got some guys over there as well. They usually always recruit well. You know, Utah, you know, they're always tough. You know, you got to be ready for a war when it comes to Utah. Because if you can't match them physically, then they're going to beat you. Just like they did to USC two year, twice this year. You know, they're just better, more physical than them. And so, for Hank here, you know, he's going to go to CU. He's going to learn. He's going to, you know, take his time and become the best player he could be before he could hit that field, which, I mean, already they're getting a high-level prospect. And so I'm really excited about it. I mean, CU hasn't really went out and got a lot of 23s, which honestly is concerning. But I love that Hank is still somebody that they're going to pull here. I think that's definitely a steal for them, honestly. Uh, and he was, I want to say he was committed before, and then they reoffered him, and so the commitment still stands, and one, I wouldn't necessarily say Coach Prime, you know, scouted him and found him, but still good enough to reoffer him, and I think that still goes a long ways. Right, Cody? No, absolutely. I think that that's important for CU just to try and maintain that, you know, connection within the state that, you know, initially did not look super connected. But, um, you know, I think that uh, I, I'm just ex I'm excited for Hank. I do agree with everything you have to say. Don't like don't worry about where things are going and just control what you can control until you get there uh, is is the mentality that I think Hank probably has heading into this and something that Hank, I think, can execute well and, you know, something that would benefit. both. Yeah, Hank and no, the absolutely. So. Uh, we'll see. Excited for his future. Excited to see him play. You know, uh, it was really fun watching him these last couple of years. He is a kid that we have known of for a really long time, basically since we've started this podcast. And so uh, really happy for bro and his family. So there you go. But um, Cody, do you mind if I talk about honorable mentions here before you talk about the number one interior offensive lineman in the state? Go ahead and take it away. I just want to shout out uh, one of our consistent listeners and uh, you know fans. Uh, shout out to Russ Stanley, 
And uh, Cole Stanley, who, you know, I did have, have graded at a 75.1, who is just outside of my top five. But uh, Coach V, talk about some of these other guys as well and uh, your thoughts on them as well as uh, Cole here. Yeah, and Cody, uh, you'll send some notes. I mean, I definitely agree with that evaluation. Uh, I think he's a good player. I think he's smart. He knows what he's doing. I'd like to see a little bit more physically. You know, I like for him to be a little bit, have a little bit more of a mean streak, you know, and all that. So I'm just going to keep it short there. So there you go. He's definitely somebody we looked at. We looked at Ian Turner out of Columbine as well. You know, big boy that plays center for them. Problem is when you have a run first slash run only offense, it's really hard to, you know, look at uh, your pass pro. So that was definitely an issue there. I uh, looked at Tucker McGinnis out of Thompson Valley. Uh, Anthony Munoz, he's somebody who's been rocking with us out of Roosevelt. Obviously had a lot of opportunities to look at him. Alex Cook was another one as well here. Um, here, let me scroll down the line here. I, I'm, I'm going to admit a mistake. I thought, I don't know why. I thought for sure Jackson St. Aubin out of Palmer Ridge played in the interior. He's been playing outside, so... I don't know. That is on me. He for sure would have made our tackle list. Or, yeah, I feel like he would have made our list there. So, there you go. I just wanted to shout him out there real quick. But just a couple guys there. Uh, Cody, is there anything missing? Slash, is there anything you want to add on? No, I, I mean, you know, this is a state that runs the football a lot. So, we get a lot of opportunities to watch guards go to work. And see what their strengths and weaknesses are just out of pure volume it's something that we routinely have to see and it's something that oh this guy missed a block you know we see it throughout the year and so there's a lot of competition here for for this top five you know lineman spot period and um you know it's just a very exciting position to analyze or assess but coach v you mind if i uh mind if i fan out here on our number one yeah also i want to mention Caleb gribble Caleb grimble uh, and some other linemen, uh, linemen like him, you know, they also played offensive line, but we will most likely evaluate a lot of those guys as interior defensive tackles, uh, which should come out next week. So just keep an eye out or ear out for that. And also before we head into this one, I just want to say if uh, you made our top five list, we'd love to have you on for an interview here. Uh, just like we did with our number one guy. And so, Cody, go ahead and take it away. I know this is very uh, dear to you as a fan, so you got it. Oh, you betcha. I am excited for round two of interview with our number one interior offensive lineman of the class of 2023 here in Colorado, Joshua Bates out of Durango High School. And to any headphone listeners, rip. I, I know that that was probably not easy for you. But I am super excited for this Boomer Sooner commit here in this class of 2023. The chosen class of 2023. Uh, shout out to anyone who listened to the Josh Bates interview. If you haven't, go ahead and give that a listen. But let's go ahead and talk about his game here. And to <laughs> I feel like it's kind of losing its novelty to almost say this every episode. But... Joshua Bates is now the highest rated PMC player for myself. And I think period, um, pretty sure we're, we're going to start keeping a track, maybe a, a master list of that, uh, just in general. And we still got to go back and look at our, our old recruits, but, uh, look, Josh Bates here. Let's just go down the line. 
Versatility, 9.1. Hand Fighting, 8.8. Pass Pro, 9. Pull Blocking, 9.5. Combo Blocking, 8.9. Awareness, 9.5. Footwork, 9. Agility, 9. Strength, 9.4. And Size, 8.8. For an overall grade of 91 here for the OU commit. And I just want to say, I, I'm just going to read my, my synopsis here and then kind of dive into the grades individually. Look, he pulls from the center position so efficiently and adjusts to the line of scrimmage and its varying shapes on any given play. He gets out of his stance incredibly fast and reads space great. Consistently, he's keeping his head on a swivel, especially in pass pro. He routinely pancakes his initial guy and helps with the next guy in a good combo. He's so strong that combo blocks aren't really necessary, but succeeds when doing them and can get to the next level and get another pancake. He could do it more often slash will have more opportunities to do that more at the next level as well as, you know, just pass pro and hand fighting in general, I think. But, you know, in general, his hands are very fast. They've succeeded not only here, but across workouts and camps as well. And, you know, throughout his film, especially junior year, he played solid blindside tackle film. And, uh, you know, has also been an excellent guard, you know, and that was out of a place of necessity. We got to talk to him about that. And, you know, injuries were ridiculous is probably the best way to word it for that Durango team in that uh, 2021 season, his junior year. And so... You know, for him to step up the way that he did and for him to heed advice from multiple different angles and just be very intelligent and adaptable goes a long way. His versatility is 9.1 and it's it's not even a top three category for him for me. So, you know, I think that there are things that he could polish um, that kind of fell to the back burner against some of their competition and in Durango's scheme these past two years. But I am very excited for his collegiate career as a Colorado guy, as a Colorado kid and a Colorado football enthusiast, uh, the state that is, but as an OU fan, I, I can't wait to geek out a little bit again, uh, talking to him about the, uh, the boomer sooner culture there. And, uh, you know, still, still making a bowl game despite all the losses that we had as well. But this 23 class is special. And Josh Bates is such an integral part of that. Look, pole blocking, he can pull from guard, center, or tackle. He could pull from the tackle spot. Uh, somebody gets a seal block or, you know, some like one of their fullbacks in, in this instance kind of fills there and he could pull to the outside and uh, just literally commit homicide on a cornerback or safety. Um, you know, that's something that he's capable of doing. He moves with those safeties, those linebackers, those corners very well laterally. And, you know, that's why his footwork is at a nine. And uh, pull-wise, yeah, he just gets out of his stance there are times where he beats his teammates that are, you know, in the order of pulling ahead of him and he has to pull up and, you know, be like, all right, go, go find somebody because there's, there's somebody in an opposing Jersey that I have to just ruins day. And uh, he goes and does that identifies defenders very, very well and blocks the right guy. I'd, I'd say almost every time. And beyond that, blocks his guy and is also capable of blocking another guy on a play where he's already pulling. And this is a guy that is asked to do a lot on this line, but his gas tank runs deep. Awareness-wise, this is another point where, you know, in pass, bro, always IDs the right guy, 
consistently answers the phone when it comes to delayed blitzes, stunts, and tricky stuff. Because, I mean, look, if you're playing against Bates, you have to account for him on the line. And you have to do things to try and throw him off. And um, I haven't seen anyone succeed yet as far as... And, I mean, some of these delayed blitzes that he does eventually block are really delayed to the point where, you know, he helps one of his teammates with a pass block and then he goes back to his gap responsibility once they are in a safe spot and he blocks another guy too that is on a very delayed blitz. You just, nothing really gets past this guy. He's so intelligent. I mean, just talking ball with him, you know, over our interview was very exciting. And, you know, there's also interviews that he has or clips that he has at uh, 6-0 where they're talking film, they're talking schemes, they're talking looks. And I mean, he's just snap, 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 on it, on it, on it. And just IDs things very well. He's very cerebral of a football player down for those demons. And not only is he smart, not only can he move and get out in space, but he is strong. I mean, I, I don't have like any numbers in front of me right now but i can't imagine them being very small he is a he's a bully he is a mauler with all caps and that goes back to his sophomore year even where he is just eliminating people from a play and um yeah you you just got to be very pleased with with how he just takes care of business i mean it nasty is what you have to be on the inside and josh bates in the endearing way is filthy, disgusting, nasty in the way that he just destroys um, those who, especially, especially if they try to come to him and he's in pass pro or, you know, there's there's a run and you're in his down block gap, forget about it. You've already lost when you put your hand in the dirt or lined up there. Now, I, Coach V was, was kind enough to, you know, give to not take everything. So versatility, I'll, I'll leave that for Coach V to talk about. It is impressive. I kind of touched on it just a little bit. Uh, forework agility-wise, I think that he moves very, very well in space. I think that, you know, it. there's still room for improvement. But at 6'4", 280, you got to be pretty happy with, with how he moves in space. And, you know, his footwork is just very, very clean in the pass game, in the run game. I was watching them over and over again. And I mean, it kind of stinks for the rest of these guys that I watched Josh Bates first because I definitely think I was kind of harsh on the rest of these guys for not being Josh Bates. But I mean, it's hard to be him. Coach V, obviously, there's still plenty to talk about here. But what do you think of that initial assessment? Did I leave you enough to talk about? And uh, I mean, I, I think you started with Josh Bates first as well. And I do think it did make it harder to, to grade some of these other guys fairly with the idea of Josh Bates in mind. Well, here's the thing. I don't care if I'm grading you harder, to be honest with you. You got to set the tone somewhere. You know, you got to set the bar somewhere. And then you work your way down. Because, I mean, we kind of knew that he'd be number one here. Uh, we knew Hank might give him maybe a little bit of a run. But still, though, uh, Josh, we knew, was stronger, though. And in my opinion, he is the most aggressive, like, Jeez, he plays with a chip on his shoulder and he has a mean streak to him. Like, this is a dude that you are going to win championships with because he brings a level of toughness and grit to your squad. Like, he truly outhits everybody on this list. Honestly, he probably outhits everyone 
on our top five senior list, to be honest with you. I'm just going to be real with you. This is a kid that is going to put your face in the ground and he's going to put his foot on top of your head on top of that, you know, and then put his body weight on you too. No, he does not care. This is football, baby. You got to come ready to hit. And when you see this dude pulling around that corner, you really don't want that smoke. You got to... I mean, you got to either move out of the way or you got to try to outmaneuver him, which is hard as is because he's a smart kid who is extremely polished, honestly. And I mean, he's, he's coming to hit you and knock you out. He's not just coming to block you. He's coming to knock you out and bring you to the slaughterhouse. Joshua Slaughterhouse Bates. That's how I see it, to be honest with you, because he is that guy. And honestly, I mean, here, let me go through the grades real quick here because I don't want to jip him out of an actual film analysis. Versatility, 9.2. Hand fighting, 9. Pass pro, 9.2. Pull blocking, 9.5. Combo blocking, 9. Awareness, 9.2, uh, along with footwork. Agility, 8.7. Strength, though, 9.2. Size, 8.7. For an overall grade of 90.9. First things first, he is the first player in PMC history to garner a grade over a 90 a 90 and above um so that is excellent you know he is the first one to do that that means in our eyes he is a five-star legit five-star guy and i truly believe that if he wasn't in colorado you know if he was somewhere else and maybe didn't commit super early i truly believe he is a five-star i'm pretty sure I want to say he's a four-star somewhere. I thought I saw that. But I truly believe he's a five-star guy. I think he could go down to Texas and start for any offensive line. Um, and, you know, any offensive line on the high school level, my bad, in Texas. That's what I meant to say. And, you know, I'm a guy who grew up in Texas, grew up in Plano. I got to see, well, I got to see an offensive lineman um, that I knew grow up. And, you know, play at my high school and then go to the NFL. Uh, shout out my boy, Joe Noteboom, went to TCU. He's the left tackle for the LA Rams right now. And so I, I know what good linemen look like. And Josh Bates is one of those guys. Of course, I got to, I mean, I got to talk about it. His dad uh, did play for CU, I believe, and was in the NFL as well. Shout out to him. And so Apple doesn't fall far from the tree here. And, you know, Josh here, I mean, he's nasty. I think, honestly, I agree with everything you said. He's super polished. He knows what he's doing. He's not just like a, you know, athletic, powerful, aggressive dude out there. Everything he does has a purpose. You know, he doesn't overreach. He doesn't have bad plays, really. You know, he does a really good job. Uh, a couple of things I do want to talk about is lowest grades. Agility, 8.7. Size, 8.7. I kind of feel like his size or at least the listed weight is outdated, so uh, don't hold that to me, Josh. I kind of feel like he's over 280 pounds, which is better, and that in that case, it would be a 9, so there you go. Now, agility, though, I'm going to be real. Looking at his film, it kind of feels like he got just a little, he got slower, you know. I'm not going to sugarcoat it even from junior to senior year. Uh, maybe it's because he's putting on weight or maybe it was injuries, whatever. Honestly, I'm not concerned if he had, you know, that agility uh, from last year. It would easily be a nine, even the year before. 
I would say. And so I'm not even really that concerned about it. I just think it's something, you know, he could definitely work on. Just get a little bit quicker here, more explosive, get leaned up while still putting on weight. I know that could be a little bit hard to balance here, but, you know, once he hits uh, this, uh, you know, off-season program and, uh, you know, gets on those meal plans at OU, I think things will be different and he'll be just fine. So not even really concerned about it. But look, Joshua Bates as a player, the type of prospect he is, he is an all-around guy he's a guy that could go pro not like right now but like someday i would say you know this is a kid that you know has all of the physical abilities he it has the right mentality for it he brings championship dna because he did win a state championship during the covid year which was jesus really hard to do in hindsight and i mean he's a guy that could play I would probably say all five positions potentially. Now, would you love to put him at left tackle or right tackle? I don't think that's the greatest fit for him. I think he the best fit is center because he's so smart or on the interior if you really need. But he can play all those positions because of his frame and how smart he is and how well he moves and all that great stuff. You know, and so I'm not super concerned about that, but he is a versatile lineman that could play wherever you want and be almost a plug-and-play guy. So, there you go. But truly, an all-pro um, potential... Okay, I don't want to get too far. But potentially a pro type of player. He uh, holds himself, you know, keeps himself accountable um, as a professional, I would say. I mean, he's one of the few... No, I don't want to say few. That sounds like a shot. But he's one of the few guys in the state that I really feel like, yeah... He, he acts like a pro already, you know, he does a lot for his community, we talked about that in the interview, uh, we had a, uh, I guess it was last year, not a couple years ago, so you could go ahead and check that out, um, and he does a lot for his community, he's been real active there, you know, and uh, has always been a great teammate and mentor, and so there's no doubts about his character there, but on the field, he's a menace. You know, he's in your face, he's hitting you, he's not going to stop until the whistle blows. You know, he is aggressive, he brings a level of terror that not many guys at this size do. There's plenty of dudes who are big, you know, but, you know, it's it's there's levels to this. There's guys who are big, and then there's guys who are big and aggressive. And then there's guys who are big, aggressive, and smart. And Bates is all three of those. And that's why he is the first guy in PMC history to be a 90 overall plus player. A uh, true five-star guy in our opinion. And I, I'm going to throw this out there as well. That I feel like is going to really legitimize this. But he did go. This was a while ago. He must have been an underclassman back then. But he did go to one of OU's camps. And he did tell us in one-on-ones he didn't get beat by anybody at that camp and it's not like he's just going against guys at his level i mean this is a camp for you know all prospects and whatnot regardless of class and he was undefeated as a underclassman and so imagine what he is gonna be as you know an incoming freshman now uh two years removed from all of that he was personally recruited by Lincoln Riley. And I'm going to throw this out as well. Even when Lincoln Riley left and there was a lot of controversy with that, he chose to stay loyal and he chose Oklahoma. 
And so you can't doubt his loyalty first off. He really fell in love with the campus. He talked about that a lot and whatnot. And I truly think he's going to bring, you know, a just a high level of football to OU, something they kind of need to help stabilize that offensive line and bring back that tradition, that rich tradition that they do have, especially considering that they are going to make the switch to the SEC soon here. I'm not sure when. I thought it was 2026, but I also kind of assume maybe they would make that switch sooner. Cody, you'd probably know more about that, but also what do you think about my eval there and, what I, and everything I had to say about Bates here? Yeah, I think that they're trying to join in 2024 to to answer that first question. But I mean, look, I I get the best of both worlds in this situation just because first off, getting to getting to actually interview Josh and I mean, look, our, we always talk about it. Lineman interviews are so much fun and Josh was no different and we both got to nerd out about OU and the rich history and the tradition and you know, he's going to get to be a part of that. And then it was like, we had that interview before the Lincoln Riley thing. And then it was like, okay, let's hold off on, you know, some of the excitement and stuff. And to see that he stayed committed, I was like, yes, thank goodness. Because I think that he's going to kind of, you know, be closer aligned to what it means to be a Sooner of, of a more Bob Stoops defined era of OU. And just be nasty up front and just, I mean, dominate in a lot of different ways. But also, I think that something about Josh that developed more and more each year is just how great of a leader he became. From his junior year, having to step up and play positions that he wasn't expected to. And, you know, he was kind of, he's like, you know, I learned a lot my sophomore year from from those seniors and how to lead a team and whatnot. And he said that was a focus his junior year to try and iron out. And I think that, you know, this senior year, he really became everything that you needed to do by example in the first place. You know, he leads by example in the film room and studying film and knowing defensive tendencies. He leads by example on the field in physicality, but he leads by example in practicing all of the little things and making sure that you're doing every little thing right. And he has a very brutal drive to go to 6-0. 6-0 is based out of Castle Rock. And dude lives in Durango, right? So obviously that's not an easy trek. But, you know, he's dedicated. He stays dedicated. He's very positive as well, which I think is a contagious thing to have and a very important thing to have on the football field as well. Look, there's some people that, you know, are more of the very vocal kind of hey, we need to do this, this, and this and get you fired up kind of leaders. There's the guys that talk to you and it's like, okay, look, on that last play, you did this, this, and this. They're the very calm, cool, collected kind of leaders. You have the lead by example kind of guy. And I think that Josh, much like his versatility at the line position, is very versatile in those facets as well. He's a guy who wears mini hats and you know he's somebody who can you know, straighten you out. If you need to be straightened out, I think he, he gets you to focus up, but he's also somebody where if you make a mistake, he's the kind of guy who's going to pick you up. He's going to say, Hey, you got a chance to make up for that on the next drive. Relax. You're going to be all right. And so I think that, you know, not only is he just a wonderful, fantastic recruit as echoed by our, by the highest grade in PMC history, 
and being a 90 plus recruit, but he's somebody who I think you have to love as just a, a guy, you know, he's a great dude. He's a great dude. And, um, you know, I, he's, I'm pretty sure he's a, he's a solid student as well. So, you know, I, I'm very excited on a personal level to, to be able to root for Josh Bates and to, you know, get to see him do his thing. Okay. Yeah. This two, four, seven has him has his weight at a three Oh five that. Okay. So sense. yeah, my bad size. Go ahead and make it like a nine point. Yeah. It's over. I got 9.2. Nine. That's fine. I got 9.2, yeah. which uh, as if he needed more points. He's already the first one <laughs> like, to be rated a 90 <laughs> plus. So it's fine. We know he's a five star. That's, that's all that matters. Honestly. I'm just going to change yours to, to nine because I just have to see what the final score is here. So 91-2, 91-4, that's 91-3. Yeah. And that's that's I guess it'll that's matter conservative in the still. Run. Yeah, when we do our history. Uh, by the way, we'll probably be doing a Hall of Fame for PMC. We need to find a, a name other than just the PMC Hall of Fame. Yeah, something cool. That's a really long acronym, yeah. PMCHOF. But uh, he's <laughs> definitely someone who'd be first ballot, you know, So uh, along with probably Tucker Peterson, too, to be honest with you. But yeah, just throwing that out there because 3A football is great. Uh, love it. And, yeah, I mean, look, y'all are getting a great – I mean, you're just getting a great prospect – Honestly, yes, sir. he has the history, uh, which you, I mean, you always love, you know, when you, when you look at prospects, it's like, oh, it's, it's like an added plus when they come from a family that has, you know, some NFL experience and whatnot. And, uh, you know, his dad having that experience has obviously helped him a lot as a player and how he's approached different decisions. And I mean, look, he is a really mature kid and I love his leadership. He's somebody that, you know, I, he's a musket you know for your team and i for a second i thought maybe coach prime might be able to you know turn him but you know it was what it was and it didn't quite work out there so whoops you know sorry but he's going to oklahoma you know they have a good recruiting class i love their quarterback jackson arnold in my opinion he's the number one quarterback in the country look out for that film breakdown here soon um and that's that may or may not be received well but that's just me you know and so i think the future is very bright for ou and i'm i'm from texas you know i i grew up rooting for the longhorns so it pains me to see it but i respect great football and i respect greatness and that's what bates is you know he's had a very decorated career you know he's played extremely well he's gotten better he didn't get complacent you know and just be cool with yeah i'm committed to ou so i'm out of here at the end of my senior or junior no every year was like hey we're trying to go back to state and win it and they battled you know i mean in all the years uh since winning state they have lost to a team that made it there you know either i, I think it was around short both times right or or maybe it was a round or two short both times because they lost to Meade his junior year and then they lost to Lutheran his senior year which ironically both of them lost when when they went to state still in a close it wasn't like they got blown out they would have contended with uh whoever they played as well you know but 
you know it happens that's football that's how great you know 3a is and he's been a part of a great tradition of 3a football and durango football as well and uh he won't be forgotten out ah man just an excellent football player and a great dude honestly i mean there's not much i could really nitpick here at this point i just kind of feel like i mean hey go go to college man learn from those uh nfl level type of coaches you know earn your spot keep competing you know focus on ou first potentially winning the big 12 slash sec and then eventually uh, getting a college football playoffs bid which you know i know they're expanding too so i'm sure that'll come sooner than later probably right cody Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. So, yeah. Um, uh, like I said, I'm not an OU fan. Woo. I'm the opposite. <laughs> I'm the opposite. So, if I'm buying into the hype, uh, you probably should, too. Also, just watch the film, too. If you know football, you know he's a ball player and he's somebody he's a must-have. So, there you go. But um, Maybe the most football player of football players that I have seen uh in this state definitely in the conversation i mean just through and through in every facet you know that you yes. want yes for sure in a good way but uh yeah but just to review here talking about our top five interior offensive linemen here in colorado in the class of 2023 at number five we have eries jackson clancy at number two we have or sorry i'm an idiot i went from five to two. Oh my god should I keep that in? Gotta save that for the... No, <laughs> I was gonna say, I'm you gotta save it, it for in. the bloopers. I'm sorry. <laughs> keep it At in. number Bet. five, we have Erie's Jackson Clancy. At number four, we have Pine Creek's Tanner Regis. Uh, at number three, we have Valor Christian's Ty Barwin. At number two, we have Cherry Creek's Hank Zelinskis. Uh, and then at number one, we have Durango's very own Joshua Bates. So there you go there. Uh, Cody, is there anything else you want to say here as we close up? Well, I mean, congratulations to all these guys and everyone who is in consideration. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, pedigree here. There's a lot of opportunity here. And, um, you know, congratulations to to every guy here, you know, and whatever college gets you is still going to be lucky. But uh, horns down, boomer sooner. We got to get back. Rip headphone users. Yeah, well, uh, we'll see. I'll be rooting for Bates, and I, okay, I guess I'll be rooting for Sawchuck and, uh, you know, <laughs> the Denson guy or quarterback going there. Jackson Arnold, my bad. Film breakdown coming soon. But with all that being said, thank you so much for listening to us and for rocking with us. If you want to continue to support us, go ahead and uh, follow us, like, subscribe, share. Uh, on social media at Playmakers Corner. That's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. We'll be posting uh, clips from these episodes along with the highlights of these great players so that you could see for yourself. Uh, as well as on YouTube, we'll be posting those TikToks as shorts at Playmakers Corner. And then also uh, follow us slash subscribe to us on Twitch. We'll be doing some live breakdowns and episodes here soon especially with women's flag football just around the corner we got some previews uh ready for all that great stuff as we turn the corner here and uh go ahead and leave a good review on apple Podcasts. give us a good rating on spotify 
and uh yeah i mean thank you so much for rocking with us per usual congrats to all the athletes who have signed uh made it official found a home on the next level here since signing day has passed and you know we got two more positions left interior defensive tackles and then quarterbacks which should be a good one uh both of them should be good ones honestly coming up next here but yeah i've been one of your co-hosts simon Villanos, aka coach v and I have been your other co-host and annoying OU fan, Cody Stoffer. And we will catch you later. Peace.